Running Sentences presents A Thieves Nightmare Part 5 A Meeting While escaping and hiding is fine and dandy, Dominique decides to take things in a different direction. She wants a meeting with other people, and Nico is going to come along for the ride. This is a work of fiction, and it names, characters, businesses, events, and situations within this story are products of the author's imagination. Any resemblance to real people, real situations, real events, and or fictional businesses, events, situations, characters, and so on is purely coincidental. Copyright 2022. Michael Henry. All rights reserved. Wrapped in little but a towel, Nico emerged from the hot shower. It had done little to wash away his tiredness, but it had done wonders for the fact that he had smelled a bit much from the sewers. The downside was that he now smelled of flowers. Temple had, for whatever reason, informed him far too late that, since this was a strip club for men and women, that there was a more masculine soap about the place. By then, though, he had mostly been rinsed off of the soap and shampoo, and so he stepped out of the shower areas, trying to figure out what the next step for him might be, and fearing that planning was going on behind his back. He looked about and found a set of clothes placed on a nearby chair beside a door, and it was a sweatsuit, which he felt might make him stick out a bit, but he grabbed it and retreated back into the showers to change. Once changed, he looked around for the others, but found no one in the backstage area. And with no offices back here, he began to look for a way to get to the club area. He found a doorway and went through to the club itself. It wasn't dark in there, but it certainly gave off the feeling that it wanted to be a dark, mysterious, and probably smoky place to obscure one's view from seeing all that was going on. It felt a bit odd to not hear music or see someone dancing up on a stage, as so many movies had shown happening. But he shrugged and put his attention on the only person he could see, a bartender working to set things up for the day. Nico went over carefully and cleared his throat so as not to scare the man. Um, uh, ahem, uh, I'm looking for a Miss Temple or a Miss Dominique. Have they come through here? After moving a plastic tray of glasses from one spot to another to get them out of the way, the bartender looked up, then set about taking out clean glasses and putting them in their spot for when they opened. Up in the offices. The worker pointed towards a door that was behind the bar. Oh, uh, thank you. Um, is it okay if I come around and use that door? There was a rather heavy sigh from the man who apparently just wanted to do his work. Nico flinched at the sigh, but the man eventually waved him towards a spot where the bar opened up and the bartender moved the flat top that acted as a guard to stop people from getting behind it, and through Nico went. Thank you. Uh, sorry to take you away from your work. The worker, however, was already headed back to their work. So, Nico went to the door. A set of stairs later, he was in a hallway, heading down it and looking for a doorway that might announce itself to be an office. There were a bunch of unmarked doors in this hallway, and so when he reached the end of the hallway, and it ended in a doorway, he figured that if anything, this place would be important. Aren't all doors at the end of the hallways important? It would have to lead someplace. 
Upon opening it, he found that there was a small closet in front of him. The door was then shut, and he turned to pay attention to the other ones. There were no markings on any of these doors, so he went about, knocking on every single one of them until a muffled voice replied, Who is it? He went in and came to a stop after he closed the door and looked all over the place. It was a nice, tidy office, nothing out of place and well kept. It didn't feel like it belonged to a strip joint since those places were supposed to be seedy, but uh, he wondered if that was just his imagination from movies and such. But he got himself back into gear and stopped thinking about that as he walked to the front of this desk where a lady sat behind it with some woman he did not know. And in front of that sat Dominic and Temple. Both looked amused to see him. Sorry to interrupt your obvious planning of what's going to happen next. And thanks for including me, by the way. But uh, what is your plan now, you two? Well, first, you should meet Gabby, who so nicely allow you to use her establishment to refresh yourself. Okay, nice to meet you, Gabby. I would advise you to run far away from us now. While I do support Mr. Nico's advice, I do wonder if it isn't a course of action that we should also take. Right, Dominique? We have brought you up to speed on the situation, though, Gabby, and I'm all for hearing your take on the matter. The lingering and annoying worry that this woman, whom he didn't know, but they did, could be trusted with what was happening was bothering him. With so much going on, wouldn't it be a better idea not to tell everyone they came across what was going on? And where was the driver? He looked between the three women for some sort of answer to come from them, and whether or not he should do the whole trusting bit. Well, you have a choice. Run and continue to do so for however long, or face the big bad that's giving chase to you. You mean go straight to the source, Gabby? There was an affirmative nod from the woman towards Dominique. What's a good fight between two sides without a few surprises along the way? What do you say? It's also incredibly risky, and to march into one of the biggest war companies in the world without much of a plan is not a good idea. Temple, you have never turned down a chance to do something you haven't done before. And that's where you're wrong, Gabby. Not only have I done such a thing before, I do turn down things that I have done before. And this is why it makes me nervous. Dominique turned away from the little squabble between her associates to look over Nico. He stood there, sort of frowning and twisting his mouth off to the side. His mind was busy trying to figure out how he might sidestep this mission. All that came to him, though, was being dragged along by Dominique into a greater and worse mess. You've been quiet, Nico. What are your thoughts? Ooh, it's all probably a terrible idea. How do I get off this crazy express train to getting myself hurt? I don't think there is a way off the ride. He scowled further. He'd already figured that much, but it wasn't exactly nice to hear it from someone else. And which is why you two, and three I should point out, should go to the potential source of your issues. If you can talk like reasonable people, granted it is a corporation who is only interested in money, they probably might listen. And it isn't the most feasible of things to do, but it is worth trying, don't you think? You would send us to our deaths to be rid of us, wouldn't you, Gabby? That temple had said this out loud. Surprise, Nico. He'd been thinking that this 
woman, this club owner, seemed eager to be rid of them. No, I would not. You are a good boss, Temple, and Dominique provides good customers from time to time, and even some workers. I wouldn't mind taking that man Nico off you. He has a decent enough looking face. I might gather a few women to towards him, attracted to him. That is all one really needs these days. Um, but, uh, with the way drunks act, anyway. But, uh, I would rather keep my club safe. Oh, I see. Protecting the business from being caught up in the middle of a fight. Something like that, yes, Temple. This conversation was going nowhere fast. This frustrated Nico. If they were to move on, then so be it. But to talk about it endlessly? He glanced over at Dominique, who realized he hadn't stopped staring at him. She seemed curious about something as she stood up. I think perhaps we might need to go back to the hotel if we are to face our foes in the first place, but it'd allow us to gather our thoughts. Um, that is, unless you brought it with you, Nico. Then we might just go face them head on. His mind screeched to a stop. Brought what? Was he to bring something along on this journey? Had he left something at the hotel that they'd stayed at? The nagging thought of that he had left something there bothered him. What was it? All he had gotten so far on this trip was, uh... You want me to show them the bad thing that could potentially happen to them? Is that it? Yes, I take it then that we have to go back to the hotel. He nodded. But how do we know that they haven't searched our rooms for, and, you know, looked while we weren't there? The hotel would have called me if something was wrong. They haven't done so. Besides, I could not pick it up without burning my hand. Hopefully it's the same for everyone else aside from you, Nico. He glanced towards the two other ladies who were now giving them odd looks at their odd conversation. Well, serves them right, he thought. They had talked all around him, and now it was his turn to talk around them. Nico moved towards the door, then paused as he thought it over. Does anyone here actually know who they can contact to get such a meeting? There was silence as he looked about the faces. This, he worried, was not a good sign. Were they really planning to just call up some secretary or the call board of their main office headquarters and then go up the line? Jeez. He shook his head at them. Well, at the very least, how do we get out of this club without being spotted? Yes, in the back loading area, we have a truck that will whisk you away to another location. Not used very much, but it can be used to transport certain things in the need of time. Um, we'll use it to whisk you away to another location. I'm sure you'll figure out what to do once you're aboard. Temple now rose from her chair, though she did not look happy with the way things were going from the looks of it. Dominique, however, herded Nico towards the exit. I fear Temple here wants to have a private word with the owner. Don't question it, Nico. Among the many boxes in the loading area, the two sat and had been sitting in for quite a while. Nico had read many of the boxes that were labeled as snacks or alcohol, and was now stared at the closed loading gate in front of him. It suddenly began rattling open, and he blinked as a truck was against the door, and then a worker appeared, and then leaned down to grab the back door of this truck, grabbing at the handle to slide it upward, and threw it open. 
then stepped to the side and waited for them to board. There was a sudden harumph from nearby, which made him aware that Temple was with them. When she had come, he wasn't sure, but she was there now, and was already headed towards the back of this truck. No time to waste, there will be nothing in the back of the truck but us, so we will have to brace ourselves against anything and everything, okay? Nico was slow to follow them into the empty, metal-walled rectangle. That didn't really look nice, okay, but it was empty and echoey with each step. He swore it was almost coffin-like, and his footsteps did echo about the space when he stepped in. The three did their best to brace themselves against the back of the truck as the door was slammed shut, plunging them into darkness. The vehicle did not start up right away, though, and take them away to wherever they were going. No, it sat for a few minutes that seemed to stretch onward. The rumble did occur, and my guide going in darkness, which kept them company as they were jostled here and there. Where the truck was going to take them was something that Nico really, really wanted to know. But the feeling that speaking up would get him yelled at by the other two, plus the look of the thin walls that the truck was made of, made it feel like his words would easily get out and draw attention. And added to that, then he would probably have to shout to be heard, which would then definitely be heard outside, and, well, it just... It would get him yelled at for his efforts, and he did not want to be yelled at. The bumpy, terrible ride kept him uneasy, and Gabby had said it would drop them off somewhere, but with his luck lately, it probably meant the headquarters of the people that were after them. The sudden easing of the rumble from the engine sent a new surge of panicked worry through him. This was it. What would he face next? The steady beep, beep, beep of the truck backing up made him stare at where the door should be. When the backup sound was gone, he waited as a click unlocked the slider door and it was thrown open and upward, revealing a lot of bright light. Not waiting to see what doom awaited him, Nico hurried forward before anyone could say or do anything. He stepped over the gap between the truck and the loading dock, where the sun was glaring down into some sort of storage area where bright lights temporarily blinded him. He blinked and then blinked again. It had a familiar look to it, but he wasn't sure exactly why. A worker was suddenly walking by in a busboy-looking outfit, and it began to click in his mind. They brought us all the way back to the hotel. Yeah, it appears so. I did get that small concession from Gabby to bring us directly back here. Well, at least we got that. Now I shall go arrange for that meeting, and I will do so in my room with Temple. You, of course, know what you need to go do, Nico. She nodded towards him and walked past him, as he was still gathering himself in. He realized that Temple had not gone by, and glanced over at her. What is this important thing? Oh, yeah, it's a rather silly little thing that's about the size of a marble, and one might not even believe the sight of it or the story that goes with it. The puzzled, confused look crossed her face, and he offered a shrug. It was what it was, and with that, he too headed off. Nico got out of the elevator on the floor to his bedroom and began hurrying towards it post-haste. He did not want to waste any more time. His head was down as he was thinking about other things, though, and he wasn't really concentrating on where it might be. 
When he did pull his head up for a second to look for his door, he slowed down when he saw a person standing not too far off from where his might be. They were also staring at him. It took him a glance at a nearby door to see its number to realize that the person who was next to the one that might be his was in fact in front of his. What to do? He couldn't just pass by and pretend it wasn't his room. And how would he explain to Dominique what had happened? She would tell him to go down and deal with it anyway. Though he could try and wait the person out and then sneak in when they weren't looking. He was quickly approaching the door and his mind was coming up with these solutions quicker and quicker, but they weren't really that good of solutions. And now he had nowhere to go. His hand went to his pocket to feel for his keycard, only to realize he didn't have his. The person now stood in the way of him going any further. Good evening. I heard that you may have lost your key, and you work for Miss Dominique? She produced the keycard in her hand and held it towards the door. It didn't reach the unlock area, but he got the general idea, so he nodded. Very well. Do you need anything else for today? Um, yeah, actually, um, can you have room service send up some food? It, it doesn't matter if it's as simple as uh, grilled cheese or something like that. I, I just need some nourishment. There was a curt nod, and the key was handed over. He took it, and with nothing else to do, returned the nod as this worker went off, and he unlocked the door to his room. He would enter the bedroom he'd been assigned and took a hard look at it. Nothing looked out of place but it also looked like a standard hotel room, with nothing standing out about it. Nico moved further in, past the bathroom area, towards the bed. He thought of his old clothes and pants pocket where the marble might be, and went over to the closet, throwing it open. There were a bunch of nice new clothes in there now, probably thanks to the tailor that Dominique had sent him. He pushed much of them aside, though he did take a few of them out, so that he could place them on the bed to change into later. He found the sweatpants he was looking for and pulled them out, digging into the pockets. A hard, circular ball shape greeted his hand, and he sighed in relief as he pulled it out and looked it over for a second. It looked the same as it always had, which was good, he hoped. And with that secured, he went through the motions of getting changed and putting the marble safely into his pocket. Some food soon arrived, and he scarfed that down quickly before heading out for Dominique's hotel room. A short trip later, he was upstairs in Dominique's suite. She wasn't in the living room area, but Temple was, and she was sitting on the couch looking rather bored. She'd been the one to let him in, and then promptly went back to the couch to stare out the window. Nico found his hand going to his pocket to touch the marble inside, since he didn't have much else to do, and he didn't really have anything to say to Temple. So he was just sort of awkwardly standing there, waiting for something to happen. This is madness. Yeah, it is. It's been... I've been through a lot, and I don't get all that's gone on other than time can kill people. And now you're talking madness. Time could always kill people, and that's what it does. It goes on and on, and then you die because you get too old, because time has moved on. I, I don't understand you people. I, I know. Well, it does do that, of, of course, but... um. Think of it more like gasoline. It's fine and calm one second and then put enough heat around it and you have lots of fire spreading everywhere. 
or, well, along the certain area that it's spread. She turned from staring out the window and now fixed her gaze on him. He wasn't sure if it was questioning him or just trying to find out how crazy he was. And this was all, of course, out of the world odd. He had seen much of what had happened, and it still didn't make much sense to him either. In fact, he wondered how they got in time mad enough to act up. That had never been explained. Do you really believe that? Yes, I saw it, and Dominique saw it. Saw what? Time acting in anger. Dominique had come out of the bedroom, and she changed into a new pantsuit, and looked rather unhappy and displeased with the way things were going. Her movement took her to a love seat near the couch, and she sat down with a hrumph. What kind of mess have you two been keeping from me? Temple said this, moved closer to the edge of her seat, and looked like she was ready to get up and walk out. One that explores time as an energy source temple. I was hired to find out if it was possible to turn time into energy. It is, but it comes with some issues. Nico stepped forward, having pulled the marble out of his pocket and brought it near Temple. She glanced over at him, surprised, and at the marble in his hands, raising an eyebrow at it. Why are you showing me that? This, we believe, is the remainder of an island that was collapsed by time that had been made angry. It has become a marble that only I can apparently touch. There was an arched eyebrow from her, and then she moved to pick it up between two fingers. The marble instantly turned red, and she dropped it back into his hand, waving hers at the sudden pain. Ouch! What is that? No idea why it does that. It doesn't hurt me, but Dominique has suffered a similar fate. Uh, yes, I do, and, well, we did see that place. We did see an island turn into a marble, and a few dozen other scientists also saw something similar. So as mad as it might be, and we have seen a lot of mad things together, it has happened, and now we have bigger issues. The particle core doesn't want to meet. She shook her head no. Well, that is great news, but why? They said something about getting the source all on their own, and they don't need us. Oh, well, maybe it was our associate who ran away? Yes, it definitely might be that, Nico. The three went quiet, studying various parts of the room. He wondered what this meant for them. Were they to be left alone or hunted down? He shuddered at the thought of being hunted. Our other option is to either seek out the island owner, whose name now escapes me, or the other dealer to see if they might deal with us. Hunter Lewis, you mean the madman who throws people off of buildings to see if gravity has changed since his last try? Yeah. Dominique shook her head yes as she said this, and Temple shook her head no. I think Mr. Victor Hightower, who owns the former resort island, isn't going to be much help to us. Dominique frowned and played with her hands. It seemed to bother her that she'd forgotten the man's name. And their new bodyguard picked up on this, even though she looked like she, too, should know the name. Who? And the man who hired Dominique to find out if time was doing things to an old house on the island. 
It apparently was, and that is how I have ended up like this, and now Dominic is suffering the same fate as well. It seems like Temple was finally beginning to click with all that was going on, and she pointed towards the marble. The island that vanished and became that. He knew without looking that she was pointing towards the marble that was sitting in the palm of his hand. It was warm, and he looked close at it, because he thought he saw what looked to be a crack in it. If it was, though, what he thought he saw didn't appear to be there anymore, and so he just sort of wrapped his hand around the marble to hide it away. Yes, Temple, this marble house is the island we are talking about, uh, but Hightower might not be in this marble, or part of it might be. We're not entirely sure. What are you saying? Your friend, uh, Mr. Donard, who was helping us out to find information, his informants said that Hightower exists, right? But we don't know if time can take parts of us, like, say, our memories or something. It does appear to be so, because you seem to have forgotten him, and maybe Temple forgot him as well, but um, he may have gotten away from the island, but barely, and time took a part of his personality or memory or life from him in his escape. And where did this idea come from? Well, it occurred to me, uh, Dom, that since we don't really know anything about how time acts when angry, it could probably do a whole bunch of things. I mean, it does feed off of lost memories as well, right? So it could take those, right? Dominique offered a plaintive nod and went back to staring out the window. If that is the case, that only leaves you with Hunter Lewis, who I will not deal with at all. Is there a reason for that, aside from reputation of throwing people off of buildings? I did work for him once, or well, a bunch of times, and there was a lot of destruction and running away. His group wound up destroying a deal because of one word in a contract that was off. I was thankfully only a small contractor at the time, and managed to slip away unnoticed. She didn't slip away, but she likes to think that she did. Then what you did wasn't slipping away either, Dominique, or was it? I mean, we did seem to be doing the same thing step for step. What I mean and what I am saying is that he knows that you are out there and that you were on the job and probably has a bone to pick with you about it. Me, on the other hand, I already settled most of that debt. Temple looked a bit paler than she had a few seconds ago, and Nico worried that they would never come to some sort of solution at this rate. Uh, standing around this hotel room isn't doing much, so what are you two proposing we do for now? Donard sent you to me, right? Maybe he has found out some information that will help us get away from all of this? Yes, he might have, or he might not have found something. Though, it appears both parties are chasing after us. But what can he do for us? Um, this is just an idea, and it, it sounds strange. But I think, what if we find a source of time that is acting up? We get close to that, and, you know, because we haven't been taken by time, then maybe we could go live next to time, and people will, will leave us alone because of that and stuff, you know? They can't approach it. Dominique brushed her hand through her hair and seemed to visibly gulp at the thought of it. He remembered that it had made her sick on the island. 
but nothing had happened to him. Maybe she couldn't stay in a safe, stay in such a space like that, or was he the only one who was able to? He looked her over, concerned and trying to see what she was thinking, but other than a heavy gulp, she seemed to be giving little away. I don't know how well that would work, hiding out and such stuff, and Temple might not be able to join us, would she? Um, but it might be all we have at the moment. Uh, do you have any issues with this Temple? Somehow we went from Nico getting the shit under the stick to me getting it, and I don't like it. This seems like it will end badly for all of us. She got out from the couch, as did Dominique, and the two women began moving towards the door without telling him anything. He felt like he was being left out of things again, and that was not good. That's it, you two have decided on something and that's all there is to it? You're not going to tell me what it is? They changed course, coming over to him, with Dominique on one side and Temple on the other. He found his arms suddenly being held as they began moving him towards the door without answering. They were soon in the back of a car, traveling across the lonely, mostly empty roads, headed out towards Donald's place. Nico was glad he'd gotten something to eat before this, since he knew it was going to take some time, and went to sleep on his side of the car, but of course not before listening to a few of the whispers between the two ladies. Something about time and how it acts, but he conked out since he'd had enough of dealing with time recently. He woke up before the trip came to an end, but not too much before it did. They were soon off the road and headed up a long driveway to Donard's ranch, and they came to a stop in front of the barn. Nico hopped out and left the door open for the other two to get out on their own. Donard himself was at the barn doors, looking at them as they made their way over. He didn't say anything to them as they approached, and then he simply went inside, expecting them to follow. The group made their way down to the control center, where they'd been before. Of course, they were led by Donard, who had a bunch of files pushed on him the second he came in. He glanced at them briefly, and then handed them off either to Temple or Dominique, who both began looking through them carefully. I suppose you both know that the Particle Corp has interest in what you found out about. Lewis only has a passing interest in uh, what we have found on our friend Hightower. He doesn't seem to know anything anymore, so he's not of any use. He seems to dabble only in financial matters. Why, what do you mean? Well, he was found on a boat floating out near Bay of Lighthouses. He, along with everyone aboard that boat, seemed to not know how they got there. But when asked about financials, he simply rattled off number after number easily. Well, that is not good news, and we still don't know if time will attack us at any point for what we have done. I didn't do anything to him, so I hope it knows that. They turned him a look from Dominic to shut up. He shook his head at her. He wasn't going to. Anyway, we're going to ignore Particle Corp and Hunter Lewis as we're searching for a potential new source of loose time energy. One that simply exists and, you know, doesn't have to make people disappear, but, you know, if it does, that's great. Uh, it's a blue hazy smoke thing that sort of sometimes can make people disappear, maybe? But that's the best description I can give you, as I'm the only person who has been near this stuff and survived. What are you planning to do? Hide near it? 
try and find out more about it? We honestly don't know, since we simply want to survive, and someone else probably doesn't want us to survive. Does that perhaps mean that I am in the clear? I haven't done much aside from help you, just a little bit. It's a military corporation. They will probably only be happy once all evidence that they did something is wiped away. They cannot have potential bad news popping up and having to rebrand for the millionth time or so. They do learn from their mistakes. Yes, as Dominique points out, most of the time military corporations learn from their mistakes, but that doesn't mean that you will not fall victim to them. Well, since you are kind enough to give me heads up about your arrival this time, we have started our searches for such things. But you should know, it won't be easy and my, my team is trying to find such a place for you. But, you know, just off the top of my head, how about the Bermuda Triangle? There are so many rumors about it. The suggestion landed in the room with a bit of a thud, judging from the looks of Dominique and Temple, as well as the few workers who were nearby Donard. The man kept a bright look on his face to show that he was unperturbed by the not-so-friendly stares. Nico almost felt a bit bad, since it was just a suggestion, but he thought about it for a second and came to the conclusion of how could they find something out in the middle of the ocean that spanned several thousand nautical miles? It didn't make much sense, since time had to be agitated to strike at humans, or so he figured. I think we were hoping for one we can actually find on land, and if we don't have to spend forever looking for. Fine, we are on it. It will cost you some money, though. Oh, you aren't going to do things to save your own skin, because who knows if those other two parties will decide to act against you? Particle Corp has already contacted me and said they would pay for any such information I have, so what are you three offering me? Nico found himself shaking his head. There was no honor among those looking to make a buck. It wasn't a surprise, since the rich loved to get and keep as much money as they could. He had hoped that it would be after they were gone that this was happening, but no luck. You can have access to the energy source if we can get to it first. You will set up a group of people who will harvest it and make massive amounts of money off of it, potentially. But that's only if we get access to it first. Dominique, that seems like a lot of trouble and work that I might not want. It's that or I kill you for being a prick. The room went quiet as everyone took peeks at Temple to judge her seriousness. It certainly looked serious and there was a look of rage on her face. Nico felt like he should say something to get past this. He, however, could not come up with anything. Like the group that was there, he stared towards the computer screen that was up on the back wall and just looked at the information that was there. He was staring at that screen, most of which was spewing data about Protocol Corp or Hunter Lewis, although there was a few little things about odd locations here and there, and it, there were bits and bobs of usefulness, but not that much. Threatening to kill me does not get me to cooperate with you two, or three. But it gets your attention. We don't have time to play these games with our lives online. We're threatened with being taken out by crazy people, and you're offering to help those crazy people? Your luck will last exactly as long as a week, maybe less, when they buy you out and sink you into some hole in the ground. 
The door had opened as workers came and went from this control center, with the cold air pouring out from the room. And making the place feel much colder, Nico tried to wrap his arms around himself to fight that off. There were more looks thrown in the direction of Donard and Temple, as those passing heard the conversation. It's as Temple says, we don't have much choice in the matter, and neither do you, Donard. To survive, we need one another to at least cooperate on a small level. Give us a location. You can also give it to Lewis or the corporation if you wish. And if they found out I told you? Then send us to a smaller, different place. It doesn't have to be the same location, does it? I could do that, but it still doesn't get me money for my work. For your team's work, because all you've done is, so far, tell them to search for things. Are you really going to challenge me on everything, Temple? You wanted my protection and aren't willing to pay for it, or ask for it yourself. And now you're having a hissy fit because you are afraid of what might happen from those that are threatening you? I get to call things out when it affects me. Nico looked to Domini, who was edging her way towards Temple to try and grab her to take her away. This place had been a bad idea, and he too wanted out. But he was a bit further away and wasn't going to be able to sneak out as well as they could. Oh, the crazy lady finally makes her presence known. You are only good for one thing, and you don't even do it right most of the time. Um, if you two would stop, Temple and Dominique are right, Donard. You want us gone? Then that is fine. We will figure out some way of getting the information we need. Just point us in a direction, any direction, to move us away from this. The man's temper flared hard, and Nico was unsure if what he'd said had reached him. He moved towards the other two who were fixed in a staring contest, where blinking did not matter. You will have a small location when I can find it, and after I have dealt with the Particle Corp and or Hunter Lewis, if he is so interested in such things. Now go outside and away from me before I do snap and set my people on you. Donard abruptly turned away, leaving them alone to leave the control room, while Dominique and Nico hurried Temple to get her out of there. They'd made their way to the stairs and up the secret way into the barn itself. The front door of it was wide open and they'd arrived just in time to see a bevy of vehicles decked out in all black, pulling up in a dusty, strewn-up fashion. Nico wondered if anyone really thought they were being discreet or if those vehicles were supposed to be discreet or they were just showing off. He went with the idea that they were showing off in a hey-look-at-me sort of fashion that generally comes with government-issued cars. The trio moved towards the entranceway as the, those vehicles came to a stop and guards a dozen came piling out of them. Is that Particle Corp? Yes, from the looks of things. And they better apologize for having shot up my hotel, if it is them and not Lewis. Although, Lewis doesn't generally travel as fancy. They stopped by the doors and watched for a minute as the guards swept all around the area and them. Oddly, they weren't paid the least bit of attention to. Nico's mind had plenty of questions as to why this might be, but he concentrated on a guard opening a nearby door to the back of one of the SUVs. A man in a tailored suit stepped out and looked about bored and then spotted them 
and offered a terrible smile. That is... Jordan Caleb, head of the energy branch of Particle Corp and the man of many, many dreams. Most of them probably residing in the world of domination category. Temple decided to push them towards this man. They came to face to face with Caleb after a few seconds as he was flanked by his guards. There was something devilish about the grin plastered on his face, along with a slightly off-looking tan. He was made up to be too perfect in his appearance, and it gave him a sort of plastic look. Modeled to perfection, with nothing out of line aside from the tan, which maybe no one had told him looked off. Congratulations on surviving my soldiers and police officers. They were stunned how you vanished right under their noses. They couldn't find a thing, and then it set fire to itself. Beautifully done, by the way. Ah, brilliant, Miss Temple. And I will keep you in mind, if I need any such things to have, just in my back pocket. I might not take such a job. The grumbled rejection from Temple, if it was one, made Caleb shrug, and then look to Dominique, his smile still there. He moved to grab her hand and kiss it, but as he grabbed her hand, she pulled away. Still as feisty as ever, I see. Well, that's okay. You have led me on a merry chase to get to this source of energy, and I now have it. You have nothing. Good for you, Dominique. Good for you. Nico stood there, unsure if he was going to get talked to either, or if he should just try and disappear into the background. He was, despite himself, staring at the man. It was so made up to look a certain way, it almost felt all robotic and unnerving. There was a term for it, but Nico's mind wasn't coming up with it. The man's eyes did finally stop on him, though, and he stared back. And you are the lost soul who got caught up in all of this. Well, that happens from time to time. Survive as long as you can, bug. It is all you can do in this environment. With those words, the man began to head for the barn entrance. A short distance that would be covered in no time at all. But as they watched, the man stopped just at the entranceway. Caleb turned with his stupid grin and looked towards them. I do hope you three aren't planning anything. It won't end well if you do. You have seen what I can do with a wave of my pinky finger. His gaze went over all of them when they did not respond. It wavered between disappointment and satisfaction that they were not doing anything. Nico figured the man wanted to scare them, and what better way to do that than to threaten them? What about Hunter Lewis? That fool? Who cares about him? He's useless. A rapid car had come roaring up the driveway, kicking up dust and dirt before applying the brakes a bit late. The greedy dirt flew about as the guards for Caleb closed in around him. The fine dust didn't settle down, and could just barely make out the appearance of a person in that dust. My, what a fine life and day to live, and to run into plenty of people who are all after the same thing. How odd how that works. A man wearing dark sunglasses and casual-looking clothes with khaki pants and a button-up, untucked-in shirt emerged from this dust now settling down. He removed his sunglasses and looked about the space, then waved his hands. Oh, you don't have to worry, guards of Particle Corp. I don't no interest in the one that you guard. I'm only after information. Much like your boss probably has no need for me, I have no need for him or to pay attention to him. He then turned to face the trio, who stood off to the side. 
With steady strides, he approached and looked each of them over as he settled his gaze over them, then took a few steps back as he turned towards the barn door. Well, if you aren't going in, Mr. Caleb, I am willing to take your place in the front line. So either go or don't. I can't waste my time in a place like this as money is about to be made, hopefully. Donard, having emerged from below, now stood in the barn door. It's not far from Caleb. He didn't look comfortable there, but he held his ground. My information is available to the highest bidder, gentlemen. So if you want it, then what is the number you are willing to pay for it? We have already agreed to a deal, Donard. There is no going back on that. Deals? Particle Court doesn't do deals. They buy whatever they want regardless of cost. My offer to you is simple, Mr. Donard. You get shares of my new energy company when they can confirm that this works as energy and that it can be harnessed. Do that and I, Hunter Lewis, will make sure you never have to do a silly job again, except for the occasional help in finding a new location. Or you could just let me hire away your staff. Lewis, we do not buy. We invest in operations. And anyway, we, as Particle Corp, are a conglomeration. We can't simply just buy things without people throwing fits. So any and all transactions are based around mutually assured money being brought in. We only bring in the best of the best to broaden our profile. We don't simply buy. Well, I don't really care anymore who is who or what is first or whatever. You two can fight it out over here. I'll be in the basement sorting out the needed files. Donard moved back a step and to this. Tons of hidden pistols suddenly came out and were pointed all over the place. Everyone froze up, though Nick outdid face palm at the sight. Why is this going on? Well, he did say to solve this amongst ourselves. What faster way to do that than point some guns at one another? End of part five of A Thieves' Nightmare. Thank you for listening.